to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Well, happy Friday, everybody. A little bit of a later episode here. My apologies on that. There's plenty going on, as you would expect. Uh, goodness gracious, I'm not. I'm not sure where to quite begin, but I will begin here. Um, so, I guess that doesn't make sense what I just said. But anyway, uh, as, as I stated earlier. Months and months and months and months ago. Um, now here the beginning of the school year is starting to roll out and states are falling right in line with what the CDC wants. Some are saying yes to the masks and the tests and the distancing and some are saying no. But in true education fashion, in American K-12 public schooling, they're passing the buck to the local level. They're passing the buck to the local elected officials to make these decisions. School boards are working hand-in-hand with city councils, backdoor deals, back-slapping, money-exchanging hands, COVID relief money finding its way to their back pockets, you name it. All of that's happening. All of that is happening. And this was just a couple of days ago, but I wanted to read this because I tossed this up on Gab and then other people started hitting me up with, with other uh, with other stuff. And now, of course, you're hearing it consistently, um, even in between talk radio news breaks. You'll hear about these things, which I'm going to mention one example of that, too, which is absolutely horrific. But this comes from the South Carolina Department of Education, and it says, Today the CDC announced, it looks like it's on their Facebook page. Uh, Today, the CDC announced that they are recommending universal indoor masking for all teachers, staff, students, and visitors to K-12 schools regardless of vaccination status. It says in South Carolina, the General Assembly adopted a budget proviso, if I'm saying that right, as part of the 2021-2022 General Appropriations Bill that prevents school districts from requiring face coverings in schools. This means that while the use of face coverings and other COVID-19 mitigation strategies may continue to be encouraged in accordance with the public health recommendations, South Carolina public schools will not be adopting the CDC's recommendations for required mask use. Okay, first of all, let me just take this example because it really, I mean, the inroads that have to be made with some of the word usage here, uh, it's necessary to break down. What will happen is the local schools will still do what they want to do. The local school boards will simply make a vote at nighttime or in broad daylight, and they'll say, we think we need to do this. If they're blackmailed or they're bribed, they'll do it. Because they have handlers, and then those people will tell them what to do, or they're just flat-out stupid, and they're not paying attention to reality. It's, it's one of those three options. Um, beyond that, you're still going to have teachers who are fully vaxxed to the bone, and it's not a vaccine. I've said it a million times. They're jabbed to the bone. They're still going to be wearing masks. You're going to have students returning who are jabbed to the bone. They're still going to be wearing masks. Not paying attention, of course, to the fact that masked individuals are lowering the amount of oxygen in their bloodstream and they're likely to get sick on top of the poisonous jabs, which will cut their life in half. 
So all of these things are all taking place. If you haven't figured out it's psychological warfare at this point, you're either jabbed to the bone or you're on your way to your maker. It's one of the two. So the local levels of K-12 schools are going to still do whatever they want regardless of state quote-unquote recommendations. And there are people that can say whatever they want. I mean, they can say, no, that's not true. It's state law. We have to abide by state law. Ladies and gentlemen, the line's been crossed on child abuse already. All of these schools have already, have already played that hand, which I've said in the past. They've already done it. Don't think all of the sudden that they've come to their senses. They haven't, and they won't. They're going to do whatever they want. Child abuse is now allowed. It's completely sanctioned. I wrote an entire book about it. I mean, it's allowed now. You're allowed to abuse children and staff members and adults in school environments. It was already happening, let's not kid ourselves, before 2020. But now it's happening in broad daylight. They're not even hiding it. They're not even hiding it. So, again, South Carolina can say this all they want. But what they're still saying is, is hey, look, if you still want to take tests, if you, if you still want to do that with your, with your students, go for it. If you want to take their temperature at the front door, go for it. If you want to social distance to the bone with the shower curtains and the plexiglass, go for it. All of this is a giant lie, and, and they're not picking up on it. They're just not. Now, this was tossed to me by Dazzy at Dazzy on Gab, and they said this, Local news tonight. Georgia will recommend the CDC mask mandates in public schools. Alabama will not, but individual schools can still follow the CDC recommendations for the entire year, which a school year takes them, past Christmas, past New Year, past Easter, into May 2022. See, Alabama is a cesspool. You just heard their governor not that long ago, last week, I think, basically say everybody needs to take the shots. If they don't, they're cowards, they're losers. It's the unvaxxed that are, that are the problem. See, that's blackmail. They've got something on that woman, 100%. Somebody got to her and said, it's time for you to now play this card. And she goes, oh, okay, I'll do it. As quickly as she could, she did it. On video, saying it to countless reporters, right out of the goat's mouth. You heard it. So again, they can say we're not, as a state like South Carolina, they can say we're not going to follow it, but they're going to follow it. They're going to follow it, the, these, these draconian guidelines at the, at the local level. It's going to happen. It's already happening. It's already happening. Two examples right here, and this is... It's ridiculous. Well, let me mention this first because, again, this was an example of one of those news breaks within talk radio um, that I listened to where it's just it's awful. And again, I listen to the Ken Matthews show. And if you're not listening to Ken Matthews, I highly recommend it. Um, I listen to Alex Jones from time to time too, but you've got to listen to Ken Matthews. He's on from 3 to 6 Eastern on WHP 580 out of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And he's on top of stuff. He's on top of stuff all of the time. In fact, when it comes to ahead of the curve, Ken Matthews is right there. 
he used to fill in for Rush Limbaugh. He was my he was my favorite fill in for Rush Limbaugh. Not an accident. He didn't get the Rush Limbaugh time slot or the Rush Limbaugh contract. And it's not an accident that those two losers, Buck Sexton and uh, Clay Travis, got it. I unfortunately had to listen to the last 15 minutes of their show just yesterday uh, in order to get to Ken Matthews, and it was the worst 15 minutes of radio I've ever heard. I mean, their show, ladies and gentlemen, is atrocious. If you're, if you're, if you listen to talk radio and you're listening to Buck Sexton and Ken Matthews, I'm, I, at this point, I feel sorry for you. I really do. They are awful, and even Ken Matthews has been kind in saying that they're awful. But even he knows they're awful. They're not touching these subjects. They're not even touching them. They're too busy talking about football. They're too busy distracting everybody. Buck Sexton is ex-CIA. Once CIA, always CIA. He's, he's, a, he's a distraction artist. And then, of course, the sports guy's a moron. Because at this point, who is watching sports? If you're watching sports now, you're fully brainwashed. It really is that simple. You're, you've, you've completely lost the plot. So, I digress. In the middle of that little news break, it was a heartbreaking, heartbreaking news break because the entire thing was nothing but jab this, jab that, everybody's got to get jabbed, one jab, two jab, three jab, four. It was bad. And then they got audio from a kid in Colorado. Because as you would expect, Colorado is knee-neck deep in the CDC policies and forcing them on students and K-12 staff and employers and nurses and you name it. All of them. And they got audio of this little kid. And it just broke my heart. And he says, and I'm, I'm going to do my best to direct quote him, but he said, Apparently, well, apparently in Colorado now, it's mandatory if you want to play sports or something like that. I, it might not be entirely true, but they're trying to do that so that's the case. Or they're basically saying what the kid said, which was this. He said, it's easier for me to get vaccinated than it is for me to take a weekly or daily COVID test. So I'll just get vaccinated. Unquote. That's what this little kid said. It broke my heart. That kid won't make it. He's not going to make it. And his parents are, are, his parents are murderers as far as I'm concerned. They're just killing their own child. The tests themselves are hurting people. This has already been proven to be the case. No one should be taking these tests. The tests have already been recalled, and yet you have countless states still using them, countless schools still using them, relying on them. Ethylene oxide is all over those Q-tips that scrape your brain pan. That's already been shown. The chemicals on the ends of those filaments, again, break the blood-brain barrier. And when exposed to heat, they move around inside of your body. That kid doesn't stand a chance. Now he's lining up for the jab so he can play baseball or play a sport. For the love of Christ, he's not going to make it. It's that kind of stuff. 
Murder is now sanctioned in K-12 schools. They're actually killing children now and staff members with the mask wearing and the jabs and the tests. Do this or else you've got to do this. Do this or else you've got to do this. I just don't know what else you call it. I don't know what else you can call it. Here's another one. It comes from the Gateway Pundit. Just yesterday, Los Angeles Unified School District will require weekly COVID testing for students and staff regardless of vaccination status. That's the headline. And it, and it's a very short article, not even worth reading, but the headline says it all, does it not? Here's another one. Gateway pundit again. Yesterday, it begins. Illinois superintendent will hand out yellow ID badges based on vaccination status. His name is John Asplund. Well, isn't that an appropriate last name? It's probably Asplund. Either way, he is an Asplund. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And the first time I heard about this, ladies and gentlemen, about about uh, putting badges on, on, on the vaxxed or the unvaxxed was from Dr. Mark Siegel on Fox News a year ago on the Tucker Carlson show. And I, and I, and I wrote about this in, in my book that I published in March. Same thing. I couldn't believe what I was hearing, and the look on Tucker's face was priceless. Now, I'm not the biggest Tucker Carlson fan either. I really don't trust him any further than I can throw him. But, again, at least at least he had a stupid look on his face when, when Mark Siegel was saying this. But here it is now. Here it is. It's right here. Proof of vaccination. Here's old Ass Plun's post online. Oh, he has an EDD. Isn't that nice? Okay, here we go. He says this, quote, Dear District 205 staff member, oh, he's replying to somebody. Here we go. He says, quote, I am writing to you today to make sure that you're aware of an option that is now available if you are fully vaccinated against COVID-19. We have purchased ID badges that are yellow for those who wish to be easily identified as having received their full vaccination. If you would like to change your ID from white to yellow, Please present your proof of vaccination at the district office, 932 Harrison Street, and we will provide you with a new ID. This process will begin on Monday, August 2nd, and will run at least through August 31st. We ask that you only come between the hours of 1 and 3. This is entirely optional. At this point in time, proof of vaccination does not give you any additional benefits. But there could be a point in the future where mask requirements may be lessened for those who can prove they are fully vaccinated. It's blackmail. It's bribery. It's coercion. Stop sending your children to American K-12 schools. I don't care if your school's not doing it anymore. I don't care if your school's not doing that. I've heard that is a rationalization, and I love how humans rationalize any situation they're in. They come up on a new block on the street, and they go, oh, we got to turn this way. And then they come up to another one, and they go, oh, we got we to turn this way. Well, what's your reasoning for turning one way or another? Their minds are changing too quickly to be able to actually think about what they've done in the past so that they actually don't know what they're doing now. 
it's full-blown brainwashing. I mean, we're even, we're even past that. But if you're sending them to these environments and your school isn't doing these draconian things or these totalitarian things, ladies and gentlemen, they already did. They already did it. They did it a year ago. They did it in the fall, the spring. They did it in the spring of 2020. They've already done it. So they can't look at parents and say, well, we're not doing that anymore. We're not doing that. You know, we've decided we're not doing that. Your building is already now filled with jab staff members. And it's got jab teenagers in it. Because the only people now making their way to hospitals are people who have a common cold, the common flu, or they're jabbed. Or, the fourth option, they're completely healthy except they're around the jabbed and they've been transmitted on. That's the other thing that's happened as well. Those are the people that are finding their way into doctor's offices. But again, K-12 schools, you can't rationalize this away. You can't say, well, we're not doing that. The yellow badge thing is ridiculous. We're not doing that ever. You already did it. Metaphorically speaking, you've already done it. You already segregated. You already discriminated. Just because you didn't have them walking around with a badge doesn't matter. Did you have them walking around with a mask? Because that's bad enough. That's bad enough. Now, you don't have to hear it from me. Let's hear it from this gal. And I don't know if this is Joe Biden's new uh, press secretary. I'm just going to probably start referring to him as soup for brains. But this could be soup for brains' uh, new press secretary instead of Jen Psaki. I don't know. But this person came out of nowhere the other day, and they have thoughts on all of this because guess what? Well, they're not thoughts. They're just their orders. But what's happening here is now she's going to try to tell everybody that they're not going to mandate all of this nationwide and they're not going to mandate all of this nationwide in schools. They already did it. It's already happened. And I'm not going to repeat myself too much, but again, they can do what they want at the local level. Only as long as you participate, though. It's the, it's the lack of participation that causes the school district to crumble. They'll all lose their jobs. And yes, that's going to be tough on the, on the effective educators. But the most effective educators, I mean, let's not kid ourselves. The most effective educators don't teach there anymore. The most effective educators have already left. Now again, I'm happy for the states that aren't doing this. I'm happy for the school districts that aren't doing this. Bravo, good for you. You already did it. You already did it. But bravo, good for you. Now give this a listen. If scientists come to you at some point down the line and say, it is our opinion that there should be shutdowns and there should be school closures, you would do that? Well, we listen to, like I said, we listen to the CDC and the, the expert and the, and their guidance. Um, our, you know, our, the, the CDC is a, is a body that is very well respected. And uh, we follow, again, we follow their guidance. And that is the voice of the, of the person who is leading you into the snake pit. That's the voice of the person who is leading your children right into the snake pit. We listen to the CDC. They're well respected. <laughs> That's hilarious. These are the people that want your children dead. If that's too much for people to handle, 
I'm sorry, you're dead asleep. You're dead asleep. They want your children dead. They want to control them. They don't want you to be the parent. They don't want you to be the rational human being in the life of the child. They want government to raise, use, and destroy your children. That's it. It can't get any clearer than that. Even Soup for Brains yesterday got in front of a microphone and said the same thing. He was being asked a question about whether or not universal mask mandates would occur. And he's like, well, I think it's illegal, but I don't know. I'm trying to make it legal. I asked the DOJ, but, well, I don't know. We're working on it. We're working on it. All right. Watch what happens when people don't comply. People have already been killed for not complying. The non-compliers have already killed people who have tried to get them to comply. Do they not think that's going to happen again? Please. You, 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 can't, you can't be serious. There are countless videos of people out there saying, come to my door and watch what happens. Try to force a jab or a mask on me and watch what happens. These videos are out there. They're all over the place. But again, Soup for Brains is going to try to get every single student jabbed and every single person jabbed and masked. And they're doing whatever they have to to try to do that, including yesterday offering them $100. He's now encouraging states and schools at the local level to use COVID money to pay people to get jabbed. Pay them 100 bucks. They did the free tuition thing. Suckers bought into that, right into the slaughter. They tried the free food thing. Suckers bought that, right into the slaughter. They, they played the, hey, you can take a trip here. We'll let you travel. They played that, people right into the slaughter. Now it's for 100 bucks. What's it going to be next, 50 cents? Is it going to be a nice silver dollar? What are they going to do next? A Mickey Mouse watch? It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. And Satan is just laughing, laughing, laughing. He's laughing his tail off. Now, speaking of all of this societal uh, nonsense and the sociological aspect of what's going on here, I, I, there's something else that needs to be brought up, too, and I, and I find this very interesting. Again, from a sociological standpoint, you're looking at it from a society standpoint, and it makes you wonder what's in people's minds when they see such a thing, okay? I'm going to shift gears here slightly, although we're still talking about children. In the Columbus area, uh, Cleveland Avenue is a rather large street in, in Columbus, Ohio. And this past Wednesday, from 3 p.m. to 7 p.m., they had a Moms Against DeWine rally on street corners up and down South Cleveland Avenue. And there's a flyer here that, I again, I tossed it up on Gab, but it says, We will not let our healthcare workers get bullied into an experimental jab. And there's pictures of parents and healthcare workers and children holding up signs that say coercion is not consent. Here's the question I have. You've got people driving past these, these protesters, and God love every single one of these protesters. God love them. 
They're standing up for their own rights. They know what's going on. They're being raised appropriately. There are responsible parents out there, responsible children out there. They know what's going on. And they're not, they're not standing for this. What is the person thinking who's driving by who's jabbed to the bone? Is that person saying to themselves, well, those people are crazy. Just take the jabs and be safe. Make everybody safe. Ladies and gentlemen, just yesterday, they told people, and by they, I mean Soup for Brains' administration, was telling people, including Fauci, that murderer, and everybody else, that the jabs don't work with the quote-unquote Delta variant. There is no Delta variant. All of those names are brainwaves. That information is out there too. There's no such thing as Delta, Alpha, Beta, and then Lambda. These are brainwaves. Letters in the Greek alphabet and brainwaves. They're made-up names. They're just made up. The only people, as I've said, getting sick are the people who are jabbed. Those are the ones that are filled in hospitals and in urgent care. Always has been. The rest of us unjabbed and the rest of us normals are walking around 100% fine. No doctor's visits, nothing. We're fine. Unless, of course, you roll around in a patch of poison ivy like I did. But other than that, we're fine. Everything's okay. But what is the person thinking when they pass one of these protests where people are standing up for the rights of human beings? What are they thinking? What, what is actually going through their mind? as their fluoride stare continues to look out of their windshields and they're fully jabbed to the bone. What are they actually thinking to themselves? Are they thinking they did a good thing? It, I mean, to, uh, that's a sociological experiment in itself. I'm certain that it's already been studied. I'm certain that it's already been examined. I mean, that's something that probably dates back 100 years ago at least. It has to certainly in the 20th century. But this is just a new avenue with a new topic. It's just like the Ash Conformity Experiment, which I've brought up in the past. That experiment, again, was back in the 50s. He probably replicated it from somebody else before him. Maybe, maybe not, I don't know. But it's been replicated a million times since then, right up to today. This is exactly, I mean, this is a, a, another example of that, even. But more importantly, I'd love to pull over the people in the cars who have been fully jabbed, pull them aside to a table, and ask them a series of five, six questions. The first question would be, do you see what's going on over there with, with these people with their signs? And they'd go, yeah. And then I would say as my second question, what do you think about what's going on over there? And then just listen to the words that come out of their mouth. Because you're talking about an individual coming right up against their own cognitive dissonance. And we know what happens when that happens. They flee. They run away. They will, they will both fight and flight at the same time. Many of them. The vast majority. They'll fight against the, pot, the, the truthful message that's right in front of their face. And then eventually they'll get angry and then they'll run away. That's cognitive dissonance. But again, how do you drive past a sign where children are holding up signs that say coercion is not consent? Don't take the jab. The jab is deadly. 
we have rights, you know, X, Y, Z. Regardless of what the signs say, but they're all in that general avenue, what is the person driving by actually thinking to themselves? And then, are there other people in that car? And what are they all saying to themselves in that automobile? Again, to be a fly inside of that automobile and to be able to listen or have a recorder going on in that car as they drive through one of these intersections with these protesters would be amazing. It'd be absolutely amazing. But that's just another example of, again, something that's going on in lots. And this is, I mean, this is one major road in Columbus. It can't be the only place. It can't possibly be the only place where this is taking place. So just to quickly return back to sort of the medical aspect of, of this, the, the predictions that have been made are, are falling in line here. Again, not tooting my own horn on that. Lots of people are making predictions because, again, the writing is on the wall, and it's pretty easy to do at this point, in particular when you've been in the business and then been out of the K-12 and university business, and you can see the entire landscape and the entire field. A couple of things worth bringing up. I had an interview with a teacher education department not that long ago, uh, last month, as a matter of fact, approximately one month ago. I didn't get the job, shocking. Um, because again, during the interview, as respectful as they were during the interview, it was the first time in an interview where I had to bring up the business of mask wearing and the jab. I had to bring it up. I had to ask them again what they did during 2020. I had to ask them all of this stuff. And I didn't, and I had to make it then clear as to the angle with which I was bringing this up. And I basically told them, and I did tell them, I didn't basically do it, I just told them. I said, I'm not taking the jabs, and I'm not wearing a mask, and I'm not social distancing. That's not going to happen. I said, so if you're all going to roll this out again in the future with mask wearing and distancing, I said, I'm not going to participate in that. And they, and they backed off a little bit. And again, the looks on their faces, bless their hearts, nice people, but they looked like they didn't know what was going on because they wore masks, they distanced, they home learned, they online learned, they did all of that. They, they, they bragged about never shutting down, quote unquote, but they still mandated the mask wearing. They probably had testing on their campus. They may have even taken temperatures, who knows? But again... I just can't think of a more unhealthy environment because not only do you have people who are, who are choosing to not get jabbed or they already are jabbed to the bone or they're doing whatever they're doing, they're not going to make it. They just aren't going to make it. I've come across, I, I came across on Telegram more evidence of doctors again saying, if you've taken these jabs, your, your blood is clotting at the microscopic level. And this, even America's frontline doctors brought this up. One America frontline doctor brought this up specifically because he was talking about the heart inflammation business. But he was saying they're getting blood tests for the people who have been jabbed and it's showing microscopic blood clotting. Uh, another group of doctors unrelated to AFLDS was was on Telegram descri and, they, and they were going through... Um, their stories of their patients. One of them said he 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 blood tested his patients who um who have been who have been jabbed. He said sixty two percent, sixty five percent, somewhere in there, are showing microscopic blood clotting. That doesn't go away. Blood clots don't go away. 
And, and when they weren't there in the first place, and now they're microscopic, and you can see them with a microscope, they get worse. They get better. He said, he said they're going to have serious lung and heart problems in the next three years. Serious problems. Blood clotting. Think of, again, it doesn't matter the age of the individual. You can't go, well, the kid took it. And the kids, you know, much younger because they're a kid and, you know, they're 12, 13, whatever. But, oh, you know, blood clotting's for adults. No, it's not. No, it isn't. Children get blood clots all the time. It happens. It's unfortunate, but it does happen. Now they're injecting the blood clot, which is, again, the bigger problem. So this information is out there, but school districts, again, I've talked about the satanic spell before. That's what this is. And, and again, <laughs> the, stories, the stories that are out there, just kind of lighten the mood a little, just a little bit here before I, I read this last thing. You know, the, the stories of the brainwashed doctors are, are just hilarious online. People yelling at their doctors, calling them fools. I mean, there's a total attack on the brainwashed doctors, and rightfully so. And I think it's fantastic. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, again, I described my interaction with my doctor the other day, or, you know, not the other day, but weeks ago. It was awful. It was awful. I mean, I was speechless beyond the fact that I explained to him what was really going on, but he was having none of it. He was having none of it. And then again, ended the entire thing with, well, I respect your decision to not take the jab. And I was like, yeah, man, I'm going to live. I'm going to live. And I'll be finding another doctor uh, quicker than he can imagine. Okay, so here's another uh, another post, and this was on Great Awakening, and I wanted to read this because, again, very telling. Now, it's been said a thousand times, anonymous posts, yes, but if you can find one of these boards, I don't understand why an individual would take the time to write uh, such a succinct post and have it be false. Either way, it's certainly indicative of countless other stories that we've heard, but this is very telling. So it's titled this, As if pumping fake COVID numbers wasn't bad enough, met a nurse today who told me, and then the body says, quote, Her Catholic in-name-only hospital is allowing assisted suicide under the guidance of a new hospital director. She said the previous director wouldn't allow assisted suicide, but he retired, and the new guy has no problems with it. They put people into COVID ward regardless of whether or not they have COVID. Now, we know that's not what COVID stands for, but you get what I'm saying. They are taking people without COVID and putting them in the COVID ward to pump up the numbers. They are giving these people the drip, quote unquote, not even a ventilator, and within four hours, they are dead. And then they wrote, what the fuck? And then they say, oh, and she said a lot of the nurses are unvaccinated. And then it continues lastly, and it says this, quote, At another hospital she worked at in Pennsylvania cremated a guy against the family's wishes, refused to let the family see the body, marked the death as COVID despite his lack of symptoms, and told the family they owed $3,000 for the cremation, even though they had funeral arrangements made previously and had already paid for them. Just thought I'd share, as if we needed more proof, this whole thing is one big fucked up hoax, unquote. So there you go, sorry for cursing, but that, that, that's the post. 
again, we've heard these stories before, but now they're just flat out, these hospitals apparently are just flat out killing people. They know that the jabbed being around the unjabbed is, is unhealthy for the, for the unjabbed. And see, that's the quote-unquote variant. Not to repeat myself too much, but that's what that is. It's just, it's the jabbed transmitting countless illnesses to the unjabbed. That's what it is. And they're doing it all to line people up for booster shots, which aren't going to boost anything other than their illnesses and their immediate death. They're not going to help people at all. Those are the people who can't be helped. They just can't. The people that are, that are going to consistently be taking these booster shots until they're leaking from every hole in their body. And then they're going to wonder why. And it was they that did it. It was they that just walked right into it. And it's awful. Okay. Now with that said, I wanted to revisit my Texas trip just briefly. Because there were some observations that I made in Texas from a societal standpoint that are certainly worth bringing up. Again, this is American Education FM. Lots of different things to bring up education-related. As you know, it's mostly K-12 higher ed stuff, but it's also society as a whole. Okay. I was in San Antonio first. Texarkana first, but San Antonio second. There was a, a homeless man, white man, who was clearly... Um, intoxicated. And he was right at the upper steps of the Riverwalk. If you've ever been been to San Antonio, then you know what I'm talking about. He was on uh, he was on Pressa Street, if I'm not mistaken. We were staying at a hotel where we could look out the window and we could we could see what was going on. We watched this entire thing transpire in front of us, and it took an hour and a half. I'm just going to tell you the timeline right now. I'd normally save the punchline for the end, but I'm going to tell you right now. This entire exchange took one hour and 30 minutes to transpire from beginning to end. And I have video of this, which I'm probably going to compile and shorten down and then toss on Gab. It's heartbreaking. Guy with a mohawk haircut, clearly intoxicated, clearly homeless. He's, he's sitting down on a concrete railing right next to to his immediate right is a, is a staircase that goes up from the river walk to the street level. He's kind of in a rather busy area, not to mention he's on a street right next to a hotel, so a side street. So he's leaning up against his left his his left side, which is leaning up against the concrete siding there, and he's got his head basically in his elbow. He's passed out. He's unconscious. Drugs, alcohol, whatever it may be. He's out. Countless people pass him. One family after another. Some of them look at him. Some of them don't. But they're all passing him. Not a single person asks him if he's all right. Not one. Now, I know that we're trained as human beings to you know, stay away because you don't know if they're armed. It, I understand the vigilance aspect of it completely. I get it. But no one even called anybody. Now, I was on this trip with my parents because they used to live in Texas. My dad used to teach at UTA in Arlington. Um, that's where I was born. We were, we were going back to revisit some of the old, old places we had been, saw the house I was born in, the hospital, XYZ. Um, 
we went a number of different places. Uh, Alamo as well. Very interesting. But this guy was being passed by countless citizens and no one was calling. No one was helping. It didn't take us probably two minutes into us noticing this from, from the very start. And I, I looked over at my mom and I said, head, head on down to the front desk, have them call the police, tell them what's going on. They know how to handle this quickly. I'm sure it'll get handled quickly. She went down there. They said, oh, yeah, we're so sorry at the front desk. You know, at the front desk, they apologized. They were like, well, we'll immediately call the bike police. They'll be over in a second. Ladies and gentlemen, they didn't come over. They didn't come over. So 30 more minutes passes. And I had her go down to the front desk again, and they were like, oh, we're so sorry, you know, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you don't have to be sorry. Just get the police over there to help this guy, because he could be dying. At this stage in the game now, the guy leaning up against the concrete had fallen backwards into the bushes. He had one of his feet sort of cocked up up on, up on the, uh, the, the concrete stoop, and his other leg was, was bent over the stoop completely. He could have been dead. Again, families walking by, no one doing anything. Looking at him, no one's doing anything. They're not, they're not approaching him. They're not calling anybody. They're not waving down a cop. They're not doing anything. And then finally, finally, another family down there, a big family. I'm going to demographic demographic reasons only I'm bringing this up they were white had a lot of black families walk past point laugh not do anything a lot of a lot of white families walk past point you know not not even notice them walk past um, you know Hispanic same thing Asian same thing we watched them all but it was this large white family that walked past and they were kind of big by the way but either way they walked past and the, the the it looked like a married couple the the female and the husband and 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 male they, they stopped and they actually approached him and asked him if he was all right you could tell that that's what was going on they touched his leg they shook his leg he kind of stirred around a little bit so he was still alive we we were thinking to ourselves okay maybe she's a nurse maybe he, he's in the medical profession he's a nurse something but finally somebody stopped to help out this guy they st- they, they they finally called and then another person that they were with called somebody, and then somebody else went over. Uh, either I don't know, it was to the front desk of the of the of the hotel, or they or they went over to some other place or what, whatever. But finally, I would say, oh, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes after they were engaged in what was going on, a fire truck shows up. Not sure why it was a fire truck, and EMS dudes come out. They sort of surround him. They take his pulse. He, he, they have him sit up. They take his temperature. They're doing this. They're doing that. They take a blood sample. They're doing all of this, probably against his will. But either way, um, and then they finally get on the horn to, to a police officer. Police officer walks up from the river walk, up the stairs, and then stands there. And then all the EMT guys get back in their fire truck and they pull away. They're gone now. So now there's a cop there, and I'm and we're watching this transpire, and I'm saying to myself out loud, the cop's going to let him go. I bet the cop, I wonder if the cop lets him go. 
I'm now I'm sort of playing devil's advocate, but I'm having you know it's it's an interesting societal thing to watch here, and sad and and heartbreaking all at the same time. But I'm saying they're going to let him go. They're actually going to let this guy go. It took him an hour and a half to show up. I bet they let him go. So they had the guy stand up. The dude couldn't even stand. He could hardly even stand. The cop was doing a basic field sobriety. There was really no need. The dude couldn't even. He couldn't even take a step. They had him sit back down, and then they called another cop, and then he was finally arrested. Then they put him in the car, and they took him away. Here's the kicker. Not only did that take an hour and 30 minutes from beginning to end, the police station was across the street. The police station was 25 to 50 yards away, at the most. The San Antonio Police Department was right there. Now, this is one of those interesting things because, again, this repeated itself in the Fort Worth Stockyard where we spent a few days. Awesome place. If you've never been, I highly recommend going. I could live there. I could absolutely live there in a heartbeat. Um, We're walking back from a bar and we're heading back to the hotel to get some dinner. And we, I, I'm, we're, again, just walking, walking right back. And I, I look to my right, common theme, not necessarily in the stockyard area, but it was, a, it was kind of a common theme, in particular earlier in the morning in San Antonio. Homeless individual, clearly not well, yelling at the ground. Okay. Late afternoon, this individual's sitting kind of up against a flower pot, and they're just yelling at the ground. We didn't know that somebody had already called the security. But the Fort Worth Stockyard security, very nice woman, younger guy, very nice people. They walked right past us. And then we kind of stood there and we and we and we stopped and we we watched them because we didn't know what he was going to do. I was armed to the teeth. Uh my mom was armed to the teeth. And you know, we we carry guns. So there we there we were. And we and this I mean he was a ripped dude. He was shirtless. He had tattoos all over him. He was, he was ripped. But uh, you know we there was this again larger, shorter woman walking up. Didn't know what was going to happen. Whatever else. So she just shoes him away. Shoes him away, and then off he goes. Grabs his backpack and then just mumbles and yells and 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 off he goes. And they keep an eye on him. And then we stood there and we we talked with these two security uh, security guards. And they roll around primarily either on foot or on golf carts, and they're bouncing around. And we started talking to them, and I started asking them questions. Ladies and gentlemen, they don't carry guns because they're not allowed to carry guns. And they also have the same problem with the local police that we had in San Antonio. It was bizarre. I mean, they said, if, we, if you call the cops for something like this instead of us, they won't show up. They won't show up. Even if the gunfire is going off and the homeless person has a gun and starts just blazing away, I mean, hopefully enough citizens are going to be able to handle the situation appropriately right then and there. But they weren't even allowed, I mean, yeah, they weren't even allowed to carry guns. They were barely allowed to carry knives. It was absolutely heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking because they have a very hard job and they're on constant patrol looking out for 
the intoxicated and the homeless and the drug addicted and this, that, and the other. Again, the Fort Worth Stockyard area is, is clean. It's very clean. It's well-maintained. That was actually the first, uh, first you know, homeless person that, that we saw the entire time in that, in that general area. Um, but the fact that even the security guards aren't allowed to carry guns in Texas is an abomination. And again, I just think that that's a, I think it's a bigger snapshot of what's going on in society. We're unarming the people who are supposed to be protecting us. And the people, I mean, we're supposed to protect ourselves. That's number one. And clearly we were. But if you unarm the individuals that are coming face to face and are supposed to do some sort of enforcing, that's not, that's not safe. That's not a safe society. That's common sense. It's common sense that that shouldn't be happening. And here was the last thing, and then I'm going to wrap this up. In the entire Fort, Fort Worth Stockyard area, every shop, every restaurant, every, every bar, no one had masks on. Nobody. None of the employees were wearing masks. None of them. None of them. Except for one bar, which was also a restaurant. A large place. It was, a, it was a large place. I'm not going to say the name right now, but I am going to email the owners of that establishment. And there's an interesting little nuance here. Again, a little societal thing you might want to notice, and you, I'm sure you've noticed this before. But when we walked in, the masks on the faces of the people working there, very nice people, excellent staff, bartenders nice, waitresses, waiters nice, everybody was very nice, very accommodating. Intelligent bunch, too, I might add. Uh, you can notice how a person feels about the mask wearing because of the way in which they wear the mask. Now, if they're wearing the mask in an establishment like that, in particular when other surrounding establishments aren't wearing them, it's probably because the owners are idiots. It's probably because the owners and the people setting the rules for that place are complete morons. That's probably the reason why. That's number one. Number two, in particular in Texas. Number two, if the person wearing the mask is wearing it below their nose or on their chin, below their mouth, or around their neck, or maybe it's hanging on their face, those are the people who know that the mask is bullshit. That seems to be the consensus from what I've gathered. Because what I then did was this. I had had it with seeing people wear masks, in particular in San Antonio, in particular on children. It was starting to affect me, because it does affect me. I'm a human being. And so, I walked up to the hostess, and I said, do you have a minute? And she goes, yeah, hang on. And she goes, and she helps somebody else out real quick, and then she came over. And I started to tell her, about the harmful nature of the mask. And she looked at me and she goes, oh, I know. She goes, it's absolutely awful. And I said, I hate to ask you this question. I said, but have you taken the shots? And she goes, no. And I shook her hand and I said, shake my hand. I said, don't do it. Not ever. This is a younger gal. This is a younger gal. I said, don't do it. Not ever. I said, it'll sterilize you and it'll kill you. Don't do it. And make sure you tell all the other employees what I'm telling you right now. I said, don't do it under any circumstance. And I said, Who, who's, who's having you wear the masks? What, what's with the masks? And she goes, it's the owner's. She said, it's the owner's policy. 
We all hate them. Nobody here likes them. We don't want to wear them. It's the owner's policy. We take them off as much as we can. It's, it's just the owner's. And so I got the owner's email from someone. And I'm going to email that person. And I'm going to tell that person that they're a moron. I'm going to, th- I'm going to throw facts at them. I'll be tactful. But there's a serious problem in particular when everybody around the entire Fort, Yard, Fort Worth stockyard isn't wearing a mask. No one's masked up there. Nobody. Nobody. Even the vast majority of the people walking around aren't. In fact, the only ones that really were were the occasional minority couple with a child. And even they were kind of, you know, I mean, talk about societal pressure. Even they were taking it off and and sort of putting it back on and messing with it, whatever else. Ladies and gentlemen, we know the masks are useless. It was always a control device. It was always a brainwashing device. And I was explaining to them and some of the other employees there that the mask itself and the makeup of the mask itself is deadly. That there's graphene oxide in the masks, in the actual manufacturing of the masks. They're they're not they're not medical devices. It says so on the box. I said, so if you're interested in keeping your job at the very least, I said, you know, just wear a cl- something that's cloth for a little while and then pull it down over your neck. But honest to God, it, it, it's beyond embarrassing, and the stupidity of the people running these establishments is showing itself. But thank God that the employees in that establishment have it figured out, and they know what's going on, and, and, they, and they know, I mean, they know. They just know. So, again, in review, I think it's interesting. The societal mask-wearing thing is interesting because of the way that it's positioned on the face. If a person is fidgeting with it, if it's down below their chin, below their nose— they want to breathe because they know that the mask is bullshit. And God love them because they were fantastic human beings. It was a great place. I handed them my card. I said, do you listen to podcasts? Both of the, both of the women I talked with were like, oh, yeah, we listen to podcasts all the time. I was like, well, here's one. Here's one. I might even mention you. So there you go. Gals, thanks for the food. Thanks for the drinks. It was absolutely fantastic. Great talking with you. I hope uh, your owners wise up and stop being fools. I hope you keep your jobs as well. You were great people. And uh, there you have it. So I'll catch you on Monday, everybody. Have a great weekend. Stay vigilant. Again, head on a swivel. Uh, pay attention to what's going on in your local school districts. Pay attention to what your your <laughs> your ridiculous COVID policies are. And for the love of God, pull them out. Pull them out. Because Killing children is now sanctioned by uh, American K-12 schools. It's officially okay to do. Have a great weekend. Catch you Monday. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.